0: mm mm-hmm. Is the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's the Big Show,
1: Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, and 1280, The Zone. Join us, The Big Show, this Thursday at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake. Prices so low. It'll blow your mind. Uh, real quick, and then we'll jump into the sound. Uh, congrats to Rudy Gobert. He's $500,000 richer, Gordon. Not bad. Because he was named uh, all-defensive first team for the NBA. Those teams uh, were announced today. Here's your first team. Rudy, Ben Simmons, Draymond Green, Drew Holiday, and Giannis. And uh, team uh, the second team, Bam Adebayo, uh, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, Matisse Theibel, and Kawhi Leonard. That sounds about right, doesn't it? Yeah, certainly Rudy on the first team. Yep. That, uh, that's kind of a no-brainer. All right, should we dive into the mu- uh, to the music, to the uh, sound? It is music to it's, some, some people. Some yeah. people want to talk basketball. All right, let's now hear from Donovan Mitchell and his media availability. Hey, Donovan, what's the key
0: to just getting the ball in the paint? You guys didn't do it a ton in the first quarter of Game 1, and then their small lineups seemed to do
1: it pretty good uh, in Game 3 as well.
2: Um, I think for us, just, you know, just being on the attack... You know, I think they threw something at us different game three that we hadn't seen and kind of getting adjusted to it. We did in the second half. Um, but just being, you know, the attack, they're going to blitz me. I get off it. Uh, the next person get into the pain attack and kind of go from there. But like I said, we hadn't seen it. So I think it was something for us that was just unique in a sense. And then as the game progressed, we started to feel it and get better at it. And, you know, when we see it again, we'll, we'll be ready for it. Sarah Todd, does Deseret News. We've heard a lot about uh, the spacing being a problem in game three for you guys. What can you do to sort of make that better? or What what, what did you see on film where you thought like that was a problem in our space? Oh, I think, you know, it's just the, the little details as far as, you know, not being, being two feet. I mean, just being speaking out of the same, but being two feet close to the baseline as opposed to five uh, like, you know, the little things like that, I think definitely make up, the driving lanes, they change things, making it an emphasis to get there, not, you know, our force kind of going into things I think was huge and just trying to go out there and just, you know, do what we do. We've done that all year. And I think for us to continually um, get to that right space and get to that proper. And it's like really, they say football's a game of inches, but really like in a sense, kind of get into those where it's a game of inches where you're, deep in the corner or deep on the high quadrant. So if they want to trap, they want to blitz, they want to shift, like you know, you're making the easy reads and it makes it easy for everybody. Tony Jones, the Athletic.
3: Uh upon watching film today, would you characterize uh the bulk of your issues as being on the offensive side of the ball or on the defensive side of the
2: ball? Um, I think both. I think like I said yesterday, they got they were, we were they were comfortable, you know, in a lot of their actions. And they came out with a on a level that we just weren't at, you know, and they raised their level and we got to be able to match that. And I don't think we did. Um, I think there are times where we can make certain shots tougher and we didn't end up doing that. So for us, I think, you know, understanding we can be up at the point of screens, we can pressure the ball, you know, looking at games one and two of picking up full court, doing these different things. Uh, I can't say the same as for, for game three and they capitalize. That's what any team's doing they're an elite team. So for us, it's all part of the adjustments and, and understanding that, you know, we have to, adjust to what we did in game three on the defensive end, but then also offensively, um, like we just said with the spacing and, you know, we missed some shots that we normally make and we didn't really shoot well inside the paint. You know, we missed a lot of lamps, myself included, a lot of shots we normally make. And, you know, if we make those, it's a different game, but, you know, we don't have always want to rely on making shots, you know, for us to be uh, the winner of the game. Andy in Salt Lake
4: Tribune. Donovan, in what ways have you missed
3: Mike Conley in this series?
2: Um, plenty. I think from a knowledge standpoint, you know, from an experience standpoint, I think that's, that's one for sure. Obviously ball angling, Um, and being able to create, uh, get into the paint and being able to score and, and finish off his office on off isolation and stuff like that, pick and roll, being able to find big fella, being able to shoot with both hands. Um, and then defensively, you know, his presence on the ball is, you know, he's, he's, he's very savvy in that right too. So we've missed him in all fronts. Uh, I think we've done a pretty solid job of holding it down, you know, while he's not here, obviously it's definitely tougher, but you know, with Mike, he's doing all he can to come back and he's doing all he can during the games to kind of go out there and tell us what he sees and, and kind of go from there. And I think it's, he's been great. And excuse me. um, He's been great. And, you know, we're anxious to get him back, but while he's not, we got to be able to do what we do because at the end of the day, Clippers don't care. And if we win this one, then the next team won't care. Um, You know, so whenever he comes back and he's ready to go, Um, We'll be ready for him because, you know, we definitely missed that experience and and his savviness. Rebecca Harlow, TNT.
5: Donovan, you know, between the body of work that you've put together in the bubble, the regular season and now this postseason, you're really becoming a face of the NBA. And, And I'm just curious. What excites you about that, and then also how do you feel about the responsibility that goes along with not just re- representing yourself or the jazz, but also now the
4: league on a much bigger scale?
2: Um, you know, if you if you kind of look at those those in the big picture and kind of look at those full full circle moments, I think it's something as a kid. You know, you always dream about you're in the backyard. You're the one taking like the three, two, one, shooting in the backyard those shots. You know, you have the jerseys of the guys growing up. Uh, so for, for me to be that person, uh, I think is definitely a blessing and, and an honor for sure. Um, I feel like this is, you know, my hard work is paying off. Uh, I'm nowhere near where I want to be. You know, I'm, I've am i made steps each year of my career and I'm proud of that. Um, but I think for me, there's a lot more that I can do. There's a lot more I can be better at. Uh, so for me, it's like, man, like, you know, obviously there is a, um, a lot of responsibility with that comes with that. And I feel like, you know, I'm willing, I understand what comes with it. And I'm, I'm excited just to go out there and just continue to do what I do and be who I am for myself and for my teammates. Um, and I think that kind of just all goes hand in hand. And also for the league, you know, being an ambassador, I think is definitely something that I look forward to, to doing for, you know, God willing, many years of my, my career.
5: Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
2: Hey, Don.
3: So uh, Quinn said after the game last night that um, one of the key issues was not making decisions fast enough, you know, the 0.5 decisions when the Clippers are busting out a zone in game two, when they're throwing out, you know, these, these double teams at you in game three, you know, things that you guys haven't necessarily seen in a while. How does that impact? you know, that that quick decision-making? How do you guys adjust to that?
2: Yeah, I think it definitely throws you off, you know, when you haven't seen something like that in a while. But, you know, I think the the team we want to be in, the good teams and the elite teams are able to adjust on the fly. Um, And I feel like we did uh, a better job of it, this game of adjusting it from first half to second half, but not completely. Um, And I think for us, it's continuing to to adjust on the fly, not just game to game. Um, And I think that's something we were – uh, we pride ourselves on, and, you know, they've they've thrown different things at us, but as far as the 0.5 reads, being ready before the ball gets there, knowing where you have to be, and that also goes into the spacing. You know, if you're not in eyes, vision of myself or Joe or whoever, um, it's tough to kind of make that read to go and catch. It's tough to even get the ball accurately, you know, so you can make that read. So there's little, the little details that I talk about, You, that's kind of what you're seeing now, you know, the spacing. It's the, the precise passing, you know, being able to find guys, you know, being able to put the ball where we want it in certain situations, but then also defensively, um, you know, being up on a pick and roll, being, you know, our picker points, you know, picking them up higher, being more aggressive. Um, I think those are the details that I talked about even last year that we kind of lost what kind of led us to lose that, that, that three, one lead. And, you know, now
4: it's like, now we see it, we understand it. Now we got to go out there and do it. Lawrence Murray, the
2: athletic.
4: I know that you've talked about Mike Conley and how it affects the team. I wanted to go back to how it affects you specifically. I mean, last year in the playoffs, you the first couple games, you didn't have Mike just yet because he was coming back from uh, paternity. Um, and now you've got the situation in this series, first few games it's been you and you've been great. But at the same time, clearly there's an effect on uh, you missing Mike. So in your mind, how Mike not being there affected you and how have you kind of progress from that situation last year? Um, I think, you know, having that experience,
2: um, if you're not being in the first two games, it, it definitely helps, but it's not, it's not, I wouldn't say it's quite the same, um, you know, two different teams and the Nuggets and, and the Clippers. But, um, you know, I think for me just being, you know, picking my spots, understand the minutes can going to be different. You know, my play is going to be a little different. You know, I have to create a little bit more, so it's going to be a little more energy exerted. Uh, so picking my spots and understanding that, you know, you you can try and pick up full court and do that all game, but, you know, it's, it's tiring. <laughs> so making sure you understand that you got to go out there and, you know, pick your spots, but also make the right players and kind of trust your teammates, which is easy for me because we go out there and we have guys, multiple guys that make plays. So, you know, if they want to double me, being able to get off it, you know, being able to trust that, you know, Joe's going to be able to make the right play. Rudy, George, JC, like all that. And I think they trust, like my teammates trust me as well to make those same plays. So, um, it's definitely tougher with, with Mike out for sure when you're doing it over and over again. But, you know, like I said, um, I'm, I'm ready for it. You know, I think we all are. And I think for us, you know, we're excited. We'll be, believe me, we'll be excited to get him back. But when the time being when, while we're going, we got to understand that we have a job to do and we got to go out there and fulfill it. And for myself, to understand, that it's my, part of my job and part of my responsibility to, to lead this team.
1: There you go. That's Donovan Mitchell as the Jazz get ready for uh, game four. And, yeah, you know, a lot of it rests on Donovan. But um, And he said a lot of interesting things there, Gordon. But I, I come back to something you and I uh, chatted uh, about a little bit earlier on in the show. He needs to still remember his reads. There are a number of different ways for Donovan to really affect a game, as we've seen over the years, not just this year, of course. And I thought sometimes... Um he tried to force the issue a little yeah. too much in game 3 and and don't get me wrong I, there's not a whole lot to complain about when it comes to Donovan Mitchell right, but right. but the the reads have been something he's concentrated on for a long time
6: and they've talked a lot about it between game 3 and now game 4. I I think they have ironed that stuff out and they're pretty eager as he said to uh to get back at it and see how they can uh they can make the uh, Clippers pay for their aggressive defensive play.
1: Yeah. No, no doubt about it. All right. Let's, uh, should we get to Rudy? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's hear from Rudy Gobert and his, uh, availability.
3: Assuming that, you know, they keep going with five out lineups and small, small pick and rolls. What can you do to kind of counter that and, and yourself in more situations to be able to help going forward?
7: Uh, just keep playing basketball, you know, keep doing what I do, keep, uh, communicating with my teammates and, uh, keep trying to make sure that as a team we we play the best defense that we can play and same offensively, keep playing as a team. And, uh, you know, we know that, uh, you know, teams are going to try to do anything they can to try to make the the other team uncomfortable. And that's, that's the beauty of the playoffs.
4: Ryan Miller, KSL.
5: Hey Rudy, after watching film of game three, what was kind of your, your big takeaways from that game?
7: I think the, we, we we realized that there's a lot of things that uh, we didn't do well as a team that uh, we can easily fix, you know. And uh, and I think if we able to just do the simple things uh, better on both ends, you know, I think we we're gonna put ourselves in a you know, in a way better um, position to win the game. And obviously they they're a really good team, you know. They they made a lot of little adjustments and, and they, they want up, you know, uh, a level on, on their physicality and, uh, aggressivity. But, uh, despite all that, you know, we know that, uh, we can play much, much better and, uh, we didn't feel like we play well. And on top of that, they, they, they really did a great job knocking down, uh, shooting the ball really well. So, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it's basketball, you know, it is, we just gotta maybe, uh, you know, do a better job doing all those little things and, and see what happens.
2: Michael Pena, Sports Illustrated.
7: Hey Rudy. Uh, when you consider where you
3: were five years ago, you know, the first season that you made an all-defensive team to where you are now, in what ways have you improved the most on that end, just as a,
7: as a defense presence? Uh, I mean, I, I think I've improved a lot. Well, obviously, this, not just physically, but all the things that comes with with experience. You know, knowing uh, how to guard different situations, knowing how to position yourself. Um, you know, I think every year, you know, it's been a great learning experience, and uh, and obviously with the way the game uh, has evolved in the last five years uh, into a more you know, like a lot of half the teams pretty much now have a big that can that can space the floor and all oh, like to play all lineups at times. So it's, it's I've got more, I've got better to, to to keep in the presence that I am at the rim and and at the. floor and then being able to, to be better in closeout situations and, and guarding in space, more than anything.
2: Tony Jones, The
4: Athletic.
7: Apologies if this was
3: uh, already asked, but what did you see on film that you would characterize as the number one thing that you guys have to clean up collectively for tomorrow?
7: Uh, I was already asked by the winter. Uh, spacing, I would say, if there is one thing. Uh I think space for each other. You know, we they, they 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 have a lot of length and uh you know when we don't space for for one another it allows them to get multiple people at, at one more time. And uh spacing. I think it is gonna open up a lot of things for everyone. And then, you know, uh, just keep sharing the ball, keep moving the ball, and just play the way we've been playing in these playoffs.
2: Jeff Reinier, Fox 13.
0: Yeah, Rudy, uh, it seemed like they were a lot lot more comfortable at home uh, playing. Is that something just. I guess, you know, Jackson and Batum are six of 10, 12 for, or 10 for, 12 for threes, and their big guys are Kawhi Leonard and Paul George had big nights. Is this just them being more comfortable at home, or is there something you guys can fix?
2: Moving on to game four and guarding them, and it was a
7: little bit of everything. but obviously, uh, on the opposite side, we didn't play as well as we we've done the, the first two games, especially doing all the little things uh, that I've talked about. You know, uh, spacing, communication, uh, you know, uh, uh, moving the ball and all that stuff. And I think that. Uh, you know, nights
1: it's on us, like we've been. All right, there you go with uh, Rudy Gobert, some of his comments from his availability yesterday. Uh, what do you have to fix, Rudy? A little bit of everything. Such an easy answer. <laughs> <laughs> Such an easy answer when kind you're like a human. What,
6: kind of like what I said
1: earlier, you know, just fix a little bit of everything. It'll be fine. Notice he didn't say we need to try harder. <laughs> I didn't say try harder either. You did, too. Oh, excuse me. Play harder. No, I said... Play harder. Is that what I said? <laughs> <laughs> or play better. <laughs> well, that's
6: no worse than... What do you got to fix?
1: Well, a little bit of everything. It's true. It's in the same vein of uh, dodging the question. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, It's similar. All right, let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now, our friend Matt from the Loan Depot. And uh, we're here kind of getting the information out, Matt, about reverse mortgages and how they can help. And, you know, folks out there uh, maybe don't know exactly what a reverse mortgage can do for you because it's kind of evolved over time, right? It has.
5: And, uh, you know, I actually have a great example for you guys. So during the break, um, I had had a number of people call, but I'm gonna I'm gonna use um, this example, and I'll show you how easy this is. So we're gonna call uh, our, our borrowers D and D, and they have got a, a a mortgage sitting on their home of uh, two hundred thirty-two thousand dollars, give or take, and they believe that the the home is worth around six hundred thousand. So, you know, their main goal is, hey, Matt, it'd be great if we don't have to have a mortgage payment anymore. If that can be optional. And we'd love to see if there's a line of credit available and so ran things for them and um, you know uh, D uh, you know birth date as far as the youngest borrowers and 54 Um, so to kind of give you an idea there and they were they would be able to have a line of credit that would start out around fifty four thousand dollars and not not have to make a mortgage payment ever for the rest of their lives. Now, if they choose to, we've talked about this, that mortgage payment would lower down the the balance of the loan and go into the line of credit. Now, we haven't talked about how that line of credit grows. You guys ready for this? This is exciting stuff. So the line of credit is going to grow at a half a percent greater than whatever the interest rate happens to be on your loan. In other words, let's say your interest rate starts at 25 that means that your line of credit is growing at three. Pretty cool. And, that I mean, it's better than, you know, a lot of checking accounts out there. I don't know of anything that's growing like that. But that is it is real growth that you can take out if you need it for any time, for any reason.
1: Wow. That sounds really great. I mean, I could imagine a lot of our listeners want to take advantage of it, which is why you're trying to get the word out.
5: That's right. So we've got an event we're going to be doing on Wednesday at noon. Um, and it's uh, going to be catered. If you want to join the event, please let me know. We'll make sure that she's got a seat. Um, but if you have questions at all, this is super simple. My phone number, please write it down. we got this segment and one more. This is the last opportunity you're going to have. 801-330-2200. Again, 801-330-2200. Again, qualifications need to be at least 62 plus. And, um would love to explain the program to answer any questions that you've got.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Mag. You're the man. Thanks, Ed. More big show coming up next. We'll let you hear from uh, Jazz Head Coach Quinn Snyder right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97-5 and twelve-eighty. of the zone. It is a game day. Uh, big matchup. Game four. Jazz Clippers going down uh, tonight. I think Quinn Snyder, uh, Jazz coach Gordon, has a huge challenge on his hands. We talked about this a lot today. We did. You know, the chess match. Ty Lu made some really good moves in game number three. What does Coach Snyder do to respond in game four?
6: Yeah, well, they, if they do the ISO offense again, will the Jazz find a way to, to slow that down? Because obviously... That that game on Saturday was remarkable for the Clippers at both ends of the floor. They were able to slow the Jazz down and they were able to hit 56 percent of their shots, which is 53 percent from three, wasn't it? I mean that's just off the charts. So we'll see uh, what Quinn can come up with for tonight. the the uh, The suggestions have been to maybe uh, double Kawhi, double Paul, at least selectively, as Gordy Chiza put it. And, uh, you know, throw up some resistance. See if those guys will start missing a little bit.
1: Yeah, i got to do something. Uh, Coach Chiesa, as you mentioned, uh, had a couple of thoughts. And, and playing physically was certainly one of those. Yeah. So, uh, but not
6: you know. over that's what he said. So,
1: keep Well, unless it's one big over to send a real <laughs> message. I thought you were going to say. Sean Payton style. No, no, just a good hard. You know, you're you're not going to want to play very hard yourself, kind of foul anymore. Like, you know, just you tackle him into the fourth row on one jump shot, <laughs> and then for the rest of the game, every time that player takes a jump shot, they're thinking. They are. Thinking, is this lunatic going to tackle me right, so into the
6: fourth row? <laughs> I see.
1: <laughs> yeah, I see what you're thinking. All right, let's get to Coach uh, Quinn Snyder and his media availability.
2: When we've had a couple of the guys now mention spacing as an issue in game three, and I'm sure that's a result of the film session today. Um, mm-hmm. When you, when you say that you want to have better spacing in those instances, what are you seeing that you don't like? Is it the positioning of where the guys are or is it really how far
4: out from the basket they are?
8: Uh, it's the, relative to one another um you know if you're too far away the length of passes impact um for us usually it's you know in order to play pick and roll or to drive the ball um you know to make another pass to attack the blitz um, all those things come into play um i think it 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 impacts us in, in a variety of ways if you know, it doesn't allow us to attack the basket, um, as I mentioned. If really, in some respects, if your are spaced, um, it, it takes away, takes away open shots because people are closer to you and easier to rotate or stun at the ball. Um, it's it's for us something that has been crucial, you know, all year. I think I mentioned it after the game as well. Um, They're know are more evident and particularly when when you have a team you know like the clippers that you know can cover so much space on the floor um you know you have to be very very conscious um, about contested shots or being able to drive to the basket um just it's, it's really impactful and we know how we want to space and we space differently you know depending on the situations, but. Um, in every instance, that precision is something that, that's really important.
5: Ryan Miller, kiss. Thank oh. you. Hey you've praised Donovan's ability to kind of make reads before. How has that growth helped him handling the new coverages the Clippers are
4: kind of throwing out this series?
8: Well, I, I, it's helped him. You know, I, I, I think people switch pick and roll cover. Zone in particular, they um, they switch and then hit you off the ball. Um, that, that's one of the reasons that I'm I'm talking so much about spacing. If people are going to commit two guys to the ball, you know, there's things he can do to just split a double team or or reject. Um, but I really he he did a he did a really good job um, last night in handling it. That you know that that us being able to to score in those situations you know, it, it's, it's all of us. And, and there were some times when, um, you know, I don't think it surprised him in any way. He's, he's, he's gotten comfortable, like I said, with whether bigs are, you know, dropped in pick and roll or up at the point of the screen or switching or blitzing. Um, but we have to recognize those things as a team too, because it requires other guys to, to make different reads and make different plays. And, you know, that, that's when I talk about spacing. that's obviously one of the situations and you know, uh, you could also just call it execution. You know, the, for us, when I, when I refer to spacing, that that that's a form of execution.
5: Kevin O'Connor, the ringer.
8: Hey, Quinn. Um, in the same way that Rudy Gobert,
3: you know, forces the defense to collapse into the paint when he rolls hard to the rim, I'm curious, like, what, what's the effect of, like, Donovan Mitchell shooting deeper threes, um, drawing the defense out? Like, how does that impact the defense when he does that?
8: Yeah, I think to the extent that, you know, his range has gotten to where it is, you know, it opens up the floor, um, it creates driving lines for both him and for other players, um, you know, and th- that's something um, that, you know, a number of our guys have, have range. It's again, um, you know, that's, that's, that's who, who we are. We've had success this year, you know, playing, you know, playing that way and, um, being aggressive shooting the ball and, and also getting to the rim i, I thought last night you know we, we shot a really poor percentage at the rim much less than i think we have you know consistently and you know i, I think you know some of that was um maybe the clippers speeding us up some when we we're attacking it and some of them were you know were some some shots that, that just we have to make um but with re, you know with respect to you know, range anytime, you know, people have to come out and guard you further away from the basket. You know, it gives you more opportunity to drive and create.
0: Ben Anderson, kslsports.com. when when you guys have won six games in a row, like you had going into game three, does it, does the success breed a little bit of complacency when you talk about needing to fix details? Do those things get lost? Or do you get better as you win six games?
8: Well, I, I, you know, I think it has to do with what your opponent does as well. You know, I, I, you know, our, our guys know the importance um, of every game. You know, I, I thought, you know, the, the Clippers really raised their level last game. Um, you know, at, at the end of the first quarter, we we had, you know, an open look that we passed up and then and missed a little floater. And then um, which could have given us the lead and then had a breakdown defensively. I thought that that was deflating. And, you know, then I think they, they continued to pick up their level. And, um, even in, you know, late, you know, we, we, we hung in there and, and hung in the game. So I, I thought, you know, that was good. I didn't think, um, obviously we were, you want to play better and you want to execute better. And that was some of the things that we looked at today. Um, but we had some crucial mistakes that, that we can't have against the team that, you know, is as good as the Clippers are. And. Um, and they played well you know they shot the ball real well Um, we shot the ball ball real well the game before that it's all the other you know that that are going to make the difference um, I think over a period of time and you know those details are are things that that we need to improve on but um, you know to your point you know I I think when you have success doing something certainly you know you you know that that's you know the way you want to play and what you want to do and Um, But the other team obviously has something to do with that too. No one blocks your putt when you're putting, you know, it's a little different when, you know, they're coming at you and, you know, they've got an excellent team.
1: Lauren, that's Murray.
4: When this this is well off of this series. So my apologies in advance, but uh, you were, you were a Clippers assistant way back, way back in the day. And most times, it's not a great thing to bring up Clippers franchise history. But you, you came to the team, uh, you, you know, after they made the playoffs, and in your year with them, they made the playoffs again. Like, do you do you ever look back on that year, and, and you know, compare it to where you are now, and think about what that year had as an impact on your development as a coach?
8: Yeah, I can I can safely say that I didn't have. I won't say anything because maybe I did something that I'm not aware of, but um, I certainly wasn't the reason that the team made the playoffs. I can promise you that. Um, I think the the best thing about that experience for me was just the, the relationships that, um, that were able to be formed, whether that be with, you know, Mark Jackson, for example, who was, you know, a player on the team. Um, Kiki Vandaway was on the team. There are a number of guys, Ron Harper, um Danny Manning all those guys that 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 were were really fun for me to be around and then you know someone like R.C. Buford um and John Hammond who who were on the staff obviously I was grateful to to Larry Brown for giving me that opportunity um you know I had a chance to to know Elgin Baylor which is you know an honor for me so um, the, the experience itself, I think, was what I remember the most. Um, you know, I obviously I was really learning, and more than anything, just trying to absorb things. But um, you know, it it did play a role. You know, later on, for me to to choose to to dive into this profession, um, you know, fully, and you know, that was something that that I wasn't sure. Uh, th- I didn't know the exact direction. Sometimes I still wonder what I'm doing.
5: Okay, we have time for one more. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
3: When you were speaking after the game last night about the need to kind of speed up decision making in some circumstances and Donovan today was talking about the need for the team to kind of be able to adjust on the fly when they see something that they're maybe not expecting like, you know, the zone in game two or the, the hard double team last night. How much can you guys resolve decision-making issues just with, you know, film study like today and, and how much of it is just kind of an instinctive thing of, of being in the game and reacting to what's happening?
8: Well, I, I think it's a little both. Um, you know, Donovan, Do, Donovan's playing um, and competing at a level, um, particularly given the fact that, you know, that, that he's fighting through. Um, everything that, that, that he's been through physically in the last month. And um, Mike was a big part kind of instinctively of, of, of who we are. And, you know, in, in his absence, I, I think it puts um, even more responsibility on other guys. I, I, I don't think that that's something any one player do. You you can recognize things, but um, it's, it's a five-man game. Um, and I, to be honest with you I've, i feel like we've done a good job of that um, throughout the course of this of the series i think defensively um th- that we really didn't play at the level from an execution standpoint um you know game 3 as as, as we need to and you know they were really aggressive um trying to pressure the ball and and get us out of things and um, being able to have clarity Um, I think provides you the opportunity to play with more force. So those are all things that I think are, are a constant, um, regardless of anything that's changing in any one game. You know, I, you know, I I think we're playing against just an excellent team and, you know, whether it's over the course of a whole game or even an individual matchup, you know, having a feel and an understanding of personnel and how you're supposed to guard somebody individually, as well as collectively, there's all those things go into it. And, um, you know, that's why you, you practice and you talk and you meet and you watch film. Um, that's, you know, that's the playoffs and, and the whole process together there.
1: All right, there you go. That's jazz head coach, Quinn Snyder. Just a reminder pregame on the Plaza, uh, starts at 7 o'clock, tip-off a little after 8. By the way, for the last watch party here at the arena, Gordon, uh, I heard, and I don't know how official this number is, but like 6,500 uh, 6, people came to the arena for the watch party. Wow. Which I thought, what a number.
6: That's Yeah, that tells you the excitement level with this team. People see the, the ceiling being really high. And so, yeah, that's what gets people stirred up when they think this could be something extraordinary, and we'll see if it is.
1: But to have that much energy in the building when they're just coming in to watch it on the screens is pretty cool. It's pretty yeah, cool. People, yeah, people being able to enjoy it together. Yep, no doubt. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up next on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you the Top 60 and 60 is back on The Zone Sports Network. Listen every day one thirty. Is as Hanson Scotty will announce another member of the Top 60 players in the state of Utah as we count you down to the start of college football. It's the Top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON only here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, uh, should we take a, just a little break from the jazz conversation? Well, if it's for 20 Seconds of Baseball, I'm all for it
6: because I love it.
1: It is 20 Seconds of Baseball brought to you by our friends at Peach Building Products. For more than 25 years, Peach Building Products has been providing superior quality windows, doors, and customer service to the Wasatch Front. Call them today, 801-566-1255 for all your window and door needs. Austin Horton, it's time for 20 Seconds of Baseball.
0: Go ahead. And now it's time for 20 Seconds of Baseball with the big show's Austin Horton right here. On the Zone
1: Sports Network.
0: The bees continue their homestown tonight and tomorrow against Albuquerque. Coverage starts both nights at 630 on 1280 The Zone. The Yankees are the coldest team in the majors, having lost 7 of 9 and 13 of 18. Meanwhile, the hottest team in the bigs, my Angels, who have won six straight and eight of their last ten. Both teams now have the same 33 and 32 overall record, however. Man, you had to slow down there at the end, didn't you? Back over 500, though, Austin. <laughs> yep. For the first time since May 9th. Are you feeling it? No.
1: <laughs> the Yankees losing, that's great. It's always good. Yeah, that feels good. <laughs>
0: Lakers are out. The Yankees are losing. What about the Yankees.
1: Astros, though? they're Never heard of them. <laughs> okay. all right. I think I'd rather see the Astros win than the Yankees. It's close. I, sure. Because they're, they're all dirty, rotten scoundrels. You? Oh, I don't care. They're the Yankees. Okay. I hope they lose every game they play. It's just good to see them cry. Yeah, I don't even have a good reason. I just enjoy it. (laughs) Have you ever
6: analyzed why you enjoy it so much? Nope.
0: (laughs) Same thing with you, Austin? You just hate the Yankees? No, I know why I hate the Yankees. Why? Uh, Because they win too often. They're smug about it. And everybody's a Yankees fan because they win. Except for you. You're not. That's because I'm not. A, I'm a smart sports fan. I oh. choose teams that you know work and earn their way.
1: Now I do find Red Sox fans almost equally as obnoxious.
6: Wait a minute now, aren't you describing Tim
0: McComb?
1: Uh
0: Yes. He's, it, and when he talks about the Red Sox, it, it's obnoxious. It's obnoxious. <laughs> okay, all right. You guys,
6: you know, you guys have some pent up anger about things. You know. It, I wonder why. Do you, do you, should, you know, should you couldn't that, be my that. work environment. <laughs> <laughs> you feel the
1: same way. You just don't admit it. What? I don't hate the, like, the Yankees. You hate teams. You enjoy watching teams lose. Oh, namely one team. I don't I like know. Watching you tell lose. us. I don't have anybody. See, that's where you're not being correct. Yes, you do. <laughs> no. Everybody does. Oh, I don't. I don't care. Uh, I know. Do.
6: I couldn't care less. Mm hmm. Why should I care? Why should I invest energy in wanting someone out there to lose? Who's the Mud
0: hens rival? Yeah,
1: you're a human. That's why. <laughs> I don't care. Yes, you do. I don't. Everybody the I-U-P-Y
8: does. iron pigs? Yeah. What is it?
1: <laughs> all right, let's jump out to the Zone phone. He's been hanging out with us all day long, and we've been having a lot of fun. He's our friend Matt from the Lone Depot. What's going on, Matt? How are you guys doing? It's been a fun day. It has been a fun day, and I'm hoping we've helped a lot of listeners because this is, you know, this is life-changing stuff we're talking about.
5: It really is. And I, I want to open up this last segment for questions that you might have as you've been listening to this over the past few hours.
6: All right. Uh, our first question would be, and this is for everybody out there, what is the main advantage to doing what you offer, Matt? What, what What's your advice to people with that?
5: So the main advantage for a reverse mortgage is the the asset which is your home. Uh, you've been paying this down over time and, and many of you have it paid off. But this asset is going to appreciate or depreciate independent of the money that you have put into it. In other words, the market is what is dictating the value of your home. The money that's actually sitting in there is actually not doing anything for you. And so this allows for this asset, this home, Um, A part of it to become liquid to you. So you'd have the ability to pull money out to live life or do things the way that you would want to, uh, you know, to do it. Um, Whether it's, um, you know, helping family members, you know, through, uh, through college, or, you know, helping you, you know, take that family vacation you always wanted to, or just using it for everyday expenses. You know, this is a This can be a checking account. It can be something that's actually growing with time.
1: I guess my question would be, how much of your time do you spend uh, basically unraveling some of the reputation around this? Because it sounds like a lot of folks don't exactly know how it can help them.
5: Yeah. And, and, you know, the first questions that we always get uh, is, Matt, I, I've heard horror stories about this, that I, I, I lose my home. I don't have ownership to it anymore. The bank owns it. And that's absolutely not true. Just like with a forward mortgage, there's a lien on the home. But you you have ownership. You retain title. And if you pass away, not if, but when you pass away, um, that title goes to your heirs. You know, there's just a, a loan that needs to be paid and this is a non-recourse loan so if there's a problem with it being underwater as far as you know the value of the home being more than uh i'm sorry the the loan being more than the value of the home the years of the estate don't need to shoulder that burden but most of the time uh the way that they've organized this now there is going to be you know some some equity that's remaining there so that's the first one the second one is you know i i want to be able to give something to my kids you know i want to be able to pass something off and, you know, the reality is, is, you know, it is getting more and more expensive to live life, you know, especially as we get older. And this program allows for, you know, our seniors, you know, the ability to do that. And I can tell you, for me, it is a, a great sense of comfort to know that my dad and my stepmom are taken care of as far as their housing is concerned.
1: And uh, I love it that you're doing another one of these events coming up in a couple of days, because I'm sure there are folks out there who have a lot of questions.
5: Yeah, so we're going to be doing an event. It's going to be on Wednesday uh, at noon, and if you'd like to join the event and be a part of it, just either call me or send me a text. It's going to be catered. Uh, it'll be open forum we will be able to answer uh, all the questions that you have, or just feel free to, to reach out to me. Uh, my number is 801-330-2200. Again, 801-330-2200.
1: Matt, you are the best. Thanks for your fine work today. Thanks, guys. Go Jazz. Thank you, Matt. That's our friend Matt from the Lone Depot. More next 97.5 and 1280
0: of the zone.
1: Wrapping up a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Coming up next. Jazz game night pregame show. Gordo, I have to hustle down to that plaza. Get on down there, Jake. And I'm sure you'll have a a, a a great time. Is it still over hundred degrees outside? <laughs> I know it's I know it's almost seven, but is yeah, it but,
6: still hundred degrees? Yeah, but after we've been sitting in the studio in 53 degree weather, you, you'll it'll the blast will feel good.
1: Don't need it to overcorrect. No, it won't feel <laughs> good. You're the one who loves the heat. I do. I do. Uh, not not too hot though. But you'll be all right. Under the no, it'll be good. In fact, um, I, I've really enjoyed being out there for the playoffs and, you know, home games. It certainly makes some sense to be out there in front because there's so many people here. But with the with the watch parties, it's been great. Yeah. Uh, good news, it's only 99 right only now. Only 99. There, so. Terrific. Terrific. All right. I'd hydrate. Everything's coming up, Jigster. 93 in the shades. So. <laughs> all right. Is it? <laughs> I made that up. All right, uh Gordon, you enjoy the game tonight, buddy. We'll, yeah, we'll be see uh how it goes. We'll mull it over tomorrow. We will look forward to it, Jake. It's the Big Show 975 and 1280 the Zone.